This is a special presentation of Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. The Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show starts now. Presented by Crumback Chevrolet in New Haven. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Serving Allen County for 46 years in county. On Highway 930, just west of New Haven High School. Here's your host, Justin Kinney. Well, you know, after two hours of crappy radio with DC and myself, you get a bonus hour. Sports rush in the books, two hours of talking... uh, Sports of uh, you know local, regional, national sports, but here we're talking high school sports. It's the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet Semi-State Edition. As we have a trio of teams playing for semi-state championships coming up tomorrow evening, Adams Central, East Noble, and Bishop Dewanger. We'd love to catch up with Michael Mosier tonight of Adams Central. Break down that uh, epic win last week over South Adams. He's on the field tonight they're practicing this evening so we're going to talk to luke amstutz here in just a couple minutes uh he's going to join us at the top of the show jason garrett of bishop dewanger will come on about 6 15 and we'll wrap it up with a double dip of dad dan vance if if one segment was not enough or bad enough with dan vance we're going to make it two tonight because it's our final show before thanksgiving so not only we will be unable to break down the state championship games heading into next weekend but the start of boys basketball season kicks off next week a lot of scrimmages happening throughout the area this evening so not only will we break down the semi-state matchups with dan of outside the huddle.net but we'll also uh, tackle boys basketball and the start of that next week but it's football season still for at least a couple more weeks uh, in the high school realm. And we're going to kick it off with uh, a, a team undefeated looking to win a semi-state championship. Come on up tomorrow night. They have a big one coming up at home. Head coach of the East Noble Knights is Luke Amstutz. He joins us right now. Coach, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. I know you're running around like crazy this evening. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good problem to have. You know, we're having a lot of fun and um, the kids are, you know, enjoying the ride and enjoying the community support, and uh, you know, we're just we're we're excited to be in this position and and uh, ready to play hearts out tomorrow. Coach, let's look back real quick. You guys went to Mississippi. It was a close game at halftime, seventeen fourteen. You guys pulled away one thirty to fourteen. Take us through that game, particularly in the second half, where it seemed like you guys made some adjustments on defense. Well, um, you know, when you you go on the road for a long trip in the playoffs, you know, you're going to get the best the other team has to offer all the time and and uh, miss and last year did that they they had a you know they're a good team and a strong running game and and uh, they controlled the clock a little bit in the first half and you know we were able to put some points on the board and get get a stop and and uh have that lead uh and then that second half we were able to kind of get you know get our d-line back into the flow of the game and and uh, start to control things up front and, and once we started to do that we were able to dominate that second half and, and play really well and, and uh, escape for the regional championship. Now you guys get ready this week for uh, for Hobart coming to town and wanted to ask you about Bailey Parker. It seems like everybody's been talking about him all season long. Everybody knows he's the guy you got a key on, yet nobody's been able to slow him down. Let's start with him. Almost 4,000 total yards, 55 touchdowns. You've coached some tremendous football players, tremendous quarterbacks over the years, but Bailey Parker just seems to be on another level in what he's doing for you this year. Yeah, I think... Um He's uh, the perfect kid for what we want to do, and uh, you know he's 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 intelligent, he's athletic. You know he can throw, he can run. Um, you know he just 
and he's been durable. You know, you, it'd be very easy to, you know, get midway through the season and then, you know, he gets, uh, gets tackled wrong and misses some time or something like that. But he's been, he's been tough. He's been durable. Um, and, and what he's done, you know, statistically has been, you know, out of this world. I, I know everybody looks at that, but, you know, more than just statistics, uh, I think he, has been able to really uh, give our team a lot of balance because, um, you know, this isn't, it's not a one man team. It's not a one man wrecking crew. This is a good offensive line and, you know, we run the ball well. We have good receivers to get the ball to. It'd be a really good defense, but he is a, he is a connection between all of those things. The guy that's able to, you know, get the ball to the outside, the guy that's able to line up in a passing formation and run the ball, the guy that's able to, you know, make good fakes and get the right people the ball and, and just do all those little things you want a quarterback to do. He's, he's got a lot on his plate and he's handled it tremendously well. You know, a lot of pressure, you know, in a small town where, you know, he's kind of been the man and uh, he's responded and, and, you know, led this team to a lot of success. You mentioned that offensive line. They rarely get any accolades, and particularly when guys like uh, Bailey Parker are putting up the numbers they are, the focus goes to them. But this offensive front, allowing this offense to operate the way it has all season long, has been tremendous for you. Yeah, it's been unbelievable. It's, I hate to call it a hidden gem. It's only hidden because people that haven't seen us play you know, don't realize that you know, when when we turn and hand the ball off, we're dangerous. You know, whether that's Justin Marcellus or Jake Van Gorder or it's Bailey or it's, uh, you know, we getting the ball to a receiver on a quick pass and those guys getting out to the next level or, or whatever it might be, those those guys have uh, uh, just been great this year. Um, you know, and, and that's an area where we're kind of senior-laden when you have four seniors that are, you know, doing a great job there. You're going to have a lot of success. Coach, let's look at the uh, defensive side of the football and the challenges they're going to face against Hobart. DJ Lipke, a guy that uh, ran sparingly a year ago for Hobart, now has over 1,500 yards, 27 touchdowns through 13 games, ran for 200 last week. Uh, what kind of challenges does he present in particular? Well, I, you know, he's, a, he's an excellent player, and uh, they're, they're also pretty balanced in what they do and, and as good as he is. Um, their quarterback, you know, may be more dangerous uh, as a runner. He, uh, you know, can drop back and throw, but he also, uh, runs some read option stuff and he'll take off and he's got elite speed. I mean, this, this dude can fly. So, um, that's kind of, kind of given them a two pronged monster the same, kind of the same way we have been with Marcellus and, and, and Bailey and, and, uh, you know, that's something that we've had to really rep this week, but luckily we feel like we can because we have, you know, quarterbacks that can do it and, it, you know, it's a team that's not doing something that's so unique that it's tough to practice for, like Mrs. Senawal was or Leo was. Uh, so we felt like preparation-wise, we were able to you know simulate things pretty well and give ourselves a pretty good opportunity to be successful. When you look at this Hobart team, you mentioned balance offensively, defensively. They got some playmakers. Uh, looking at the middle uh, middle part of that defense, especially Bobby Babcock is tremendous, a junior linebacker for them. Uh, what are the challenges that that defense presents to your offense? Yeah, that that Bobby Babcock is one of the best players in the state that this side of the state doesn't know about. He's a 220 wrestler, and he is in your backfield and uh, creates all kinds of problems. I mean, this this kid, this kid can really play. Um, their defense, you know, isn't a huge defense. They're small, but they they are fast and they get to the ball and they force turnovers. They're they're forced over four turnovers each of their playoff games. They've scored a defensive touchdown or more in each of their playoff games. Uh, they're just they're just relentless. They're going after the ball all the time, playing with great energy and a great enthusiasm, bouncing around. You know, it's what you you know, what's what it's what as a coach you you know, you dream of a defense like that where everybody understands what they're doing and everybody's willing to get to the ball and play as hard as they can and 
um, you know, they're definitely doing. It. They're living and buying, uh, living and dying by that defense. And you know, we, we're going to have to take care of the ball. We're going to have to be really sound and you know, in, in our run game and you know, picking up things and pass protection. And uh, if we can do that, you know, I think we, you know, we'll have a chance. We have some some really good playmakers on the outside that can, you know, get the ball down the field. And you know, if we can do that and, and not turn the ball over, I think we'll have some success. Coach, your team last time it played in a semi-state championship game was 2003. You guys beat Bishop DeWanger at home, 42 to 28. How do you take all the energy that's been going around town and around school all week, and you focus that in as a positive and not allow it to be a distraction? Well, I mean, uh, these kids uh, have worked their butts off for a long time, and and uh, and they've expected to get to this point, and. Uh, you know, high school football season doesn't start in August anymore. And, and uh, you know, we had some success last year. We had a nice team. We've had good teams every year. And, and these kids are no stranger to being to expecting to win and, and being held, you know, accountable for how they play. And, um, you know, they, so we're not treating this game any different than we treated, you know, any other game this year. Uh, we're just trying to keep focused, stay together, you know, uh, not get blinded by the lights. Uh, but at the same time, you want them to enjoy it because, you know, you only – no matter what program you're in, you only get to this. Uh, you only get to go through this so many times. And when you're when you're in a small town like Denville and, and you have a good football team, um, it's it's different than it is everywhere else. Uh, it's everywhere you go. It's every nine to five guy working in town. You know knows who you are, and and uh, they're they're excited for you. And and uh, you know we're uh, we're just excited to represent a, a blue collar town that. Um, you know, really cares a lot about this team, and and uh, we're gonna we're gonna play as hard as we can, and what happens happens. So, casual fans, tomorrow, if they wanted to head up to Kendallville and watch this game, should they start arriving at what four four thirty? I mean, how how chaotic is that crowd going to be? It seems, it, it, you know, it sounds like a joke, but you're right. You should. Um, you got a couple different options. You may want to come to the school during the day to buy tickets. Um, you know, if the gates will open at six, and uh, Hobart is bringing. You know, four student buses. They let they let school out for the day just so they could bus their students to the game. Um, they're uh, you know, the whole town will be here. It'll be we've brought in. We have a pretty big stadium already, and and we've brought in more bleachers all the way around the field. And and uh, you know, we had local businesses here in Kendallville uh, donate uh, over four hundred uh, money for over four hundred tickets uh, for our students. So, you know, our students are. Uh, competing and playing games and doing things to try to win tickets, you know, free tickets to the game. We've got 400 of them to give away, and um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be what every kid dreams of playing in, in high school football. It's, it's uh, you know, it's Friday Night Lights. It's going to be awesome. Indeed it will be. I'll be there after the sports rush, and uh, I'll probably have to park a half mile away, but by gosh, hopefully I'll be there by 7.30 kick. Coach, uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow. Hopefully I'm catching up to a smiling Luke Amstutz tomorrow at about 10 o'clock. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. That's Coach Luke Amstutz. East Noble Knights joining us. His undefeated Knights will take on Hobart. The Brickies coming to town tomorrow, 7.30 kickoff uh, up in Kendallville. If you're planning on going there, no joke. You heard it from Coach Amstutz. Get there early. There's not really a lot of parking uh, in the main parking lot of East Noble. It's in the kind of the front of the school, side of the school. You got to kind of walk around to get to the back to uh, to get to the football field. It's not an easy place on the best nights to park. It's going to be absolutely bananas tomorrow. So if you're heading up to Kendallville tomorrow night, plan ahead, get there early, get a seat, get a spot around the fence. It's going to be absolutely crazy up there. So thanks to Coach Amstutz for coming on. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to.
going to talk about the 5A North Semi-State with Bishop DeWanger as they will travel to undefeated Valparaiso up in the region tomorrow night. We'll talk to head coach John Garrett of the Saints after this. You are listening to the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumbach Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Graham here from Westwood One with a Thursday night football preview. From Houston, Week 12 kicks off with a matchup of the AFC South teams at the top of the division. The Texans and the Colts. Both are 6-4, and four, but Indianapolis won the first meeting last month. It's coming off another division win over the Jaguars last week. The Texans dropped a lopsided game last week to the Ravens 41-7. The quarterback Deshaun Watson says the loss margin doesn't matter. For me, a loss is a loss. You know, it could have been 41-42 and lost. Still be disappointed. You know, still opportunities out there that we didn't capitalize on. But, you know, we just got to live with it and, you know, correct the mistakes and, you know, move on and go out there Thursday and have a new opportunity. Tom McCarthy and Tony Vaselli will have the call on Thursday Night Football. Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long on Fort Wayne Sports Station, ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Is the season to get the job done right. At AutoZone, we've got great deals on awesome products to help you spread the cheer this year. Right now, save $30 when you buy a 180-piece Duralast Mechanics tool set. It's perfectly portable, so getting the job done on the go is a breeze. And Duralast tools are guaranteed for life, which means it really is the gift that keeps on giving. Celebrating the get what you need. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone, Right now, at the Home Depot, it is better to give and receive. Buy a Ryobi One Plus battery kit for just $149 and receive a select Ryobi One Plus tool free. Your choice from cordless drills to saws, even a radio. That'll make one powerful gift come Christmas morning. Actually, two powerful gifts. Buy a battery kit, get a tool for free. Only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Valid through January 29th. Items must be scanned at checkout to apply while supplies last. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumbach Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumbach Chevrolet in New Haven. You're listening to the Crumbach Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio, 13.8 and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the semi-state edition of the ESPN Coaches Show here on ESPN Radio 1380, 100.9 FM, also known as Three Hours of Justin in D.C. It's torture, folks. If you're still tuning in, man, you deserve some sort of uh, monetary reward or something like that because so, we had two hours of the sports rush. Maybe even a Snickers bar. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe even a Snickers bar. Uh, that's a good segue because our uh, our next guest here on the phone line, Coach Jason Garrett of the Bishop Dwanger Saints. Yeah, Coach, you have a huge semi-state game coming up tomorrow, but what about those Snickers? <laughs> I was just kidding him the other day, so I'm sorry about that. You, you still got him coming, D.C. <laughs> yeah, he, he said he brought up Merrillville on you on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he dropped one on me there. Uh, Coach, let's look back before we look ahead. You guys got up 28-0 against Harrison last week, and uh, it looked a little bit closer, the final score, as the, as the game was. But uh, talk about that quick start, being able to get up ahead multiple scores, get some comfort there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've been able to do that thus far uh, in the postseason. As uh, you know, the guys are ready. Uh, they're coming out of the box ready to go, and um, you know, you couldn't ask for anything more than that uh, in the postseason. So, um, yeah, it was a great start. We we lean on our seniors very heavily, and um, you know, it it, uh, it shows that uh, these guys are going into their forty second game together. You know, if you start their sophomore year to now their senior year, forty this will be their 42nd game together, and uh, it shows. Coach, I think one of the coolest things about you guys and what you do, but also one of the most frustrating, is just when you think you know who the contributing guys for Bishop DeWanger is, somebody else comes out of nowhere. Toby Ike is your leading rusher last week. Tell me about this kid. What an amazing story! Uh, Toby came out for the first time ever this year. Never played the never played the game before in his life. Um, played soccer in the past. Finally talked his dad into letting him play, and uh, what a joy he is to be around. Uh, he brings a smile every day. Uh, he's been patient with the process of learning the game. We knew he had the skill set. We were very excited about that. Uh, power and speed uh, and athleticism. So we knew we knew we had all the all the talent in the world. We just had to help us learn the game a little bit. So uh, yeah, you know, and, and credit to our offensive coaches and our entire coaching staff. You know, the uh, the opportunities that were presented throughout the season, where you know you might keep certain guys in or do different things, we were able to get him in and get him some reps and 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 uh, you know everything then came to fruition in that we needed him last Friday night, and there he was ready to go. It's got to be comforting as a, as a head coach and then and then formerly for you as an assistant coach to just have so many guys that you can look to, that you trust to put on the field. So many coaches in football, look, man, I'm, I'm short of guys at this position or that position, but for you guys developing that depth, and it's not just a one-year thing, it's a multi-year thing where you guys are bringing guys along as their freshmen and sophomores and juniors. I mean, it's almost a machine how you build it, and then, by gosh, when you need them, they're ready. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess as you as you go through that, you know, we think, you know, back to the FIT program, our CYO programs, you know, our our freshman programs, how we, you know, we really do consider those things developmental, and and we really emphasize, you know, balancing the playing time and making sure guys are getting reps and. You know, as we all know as coaches, as parents, I mean, year to year, it's amazing uh, how young men grow and change and, you know, size, speed, and, and everything else. So, you know, it's a credit to the, the overall program and, and everybody buying into that, that, yeah, I mean, year to year, um, bringing guys along. And, and here's a great example of even a young man that, you know, started out with the program uh, for his first year and, and, uh, Great contribution, 122 yards of rushing in a in a regional semi or in a regional championship game. So, Coach Brendan Lytle, he's just a junior. He feels like he's a seasoned veteran after the run that you guys went on last year and in which you made some big plays. How does junior year Brendan Lytle at this point of the season uh, compare to sophomore season Brendan Lytle at this point? Well, uh, it's a, I mean, talk about his maturity, right? I mean, at this point last year, certainly he was maturing and growing and had command of the offense. But, you know, here, here we are a year later, and, uh, you know, all the, the postseason experience he had and, and the confidence that he's been able to, to, to have and, and to grow uh, throughout this season and then, you know, having some – some weapons around him that he's able to utilize in the, in the passing game that Coach Watts has done such a great job putting together that complements and strengthens our running game. 
um, you know, it, the guys believe in him. He believes in the guys. He, he brings a, a tremendous amount of energy to practice every day. Uh, he's another guy that's a joy to be around and, and, you know, really don't consider him a junior. You know, he really, uh, on the field, he's more like a senior leader out there. He's been there. He's done that. He's a competitor, and, and we trust him. One of the guys we haven't seen out on the field with you, Hayden Ellinger, he had a season-ending injury. How has he been over the last couple weeks? Uh, you know, on the sideline, doesn't want to be, but I imagine he's still pretty heavily involved. Yeah, I mean, his presence, uh, he, he's around. Uh, as tough as it is on him, he's around. Um, you know, we... we we talked even today. He came in off seat, coach. If everything goes goes well Friday night, he goes. I got a plan. I, I want to get. A, I want to get one play at Lucas Oil. So, <laughs> you know, it, you know. So his spirit is great. His presence is great. You know, he's such a leader on and off the field. I mean, he's doing great things. They, they did one of the other um, newscasted a story on on he and a young man with Down syndrome recently, and it, it really exemplified uh, who Hayden Ellinger is. And he's you know. Besides, besides being a football player, he's a great young man, and he's got a, a lot of wonderful things ahead of him. So, you know, we wish he was out there with us, but uh, his presence with the team, uh, he still continues to leave his mark that way. Yeah, and I got a feel as a coach and surely, you know, as a dad with your kids and my kid, man, yeah, athletic accomplishments are great. But when you see a story like that on Hayden Ellinger and yeah. you hope that we, that we raise kids like that, right? I mean, yeah, it's great to do what you're doing on the on the athletic field, but, man, that's what truly counts, you know? Well, you give me chills when you talk talk that way because in the end, at the end of the day, I think as coaches, as as men, even even you know anything that we do that we're working with young people is we want them to be, you know, we talk about our guys. You know, let's not be ordinary men. We want you to be extraordinary men. And uh, the game is is a, a great opportunity uh, whereby you learn life lessons. You know, win or lose on the scoreboard, how much effort, how much sacrifice, how much trust. Uh, you know, do you have, how, how well do you play as a teammate? All those things are things that we emphasize all the time. You know, the, the virtue that we're hoping they grow in. And, you know, at the end of the day, absolutely. When you see a young man uh, exemplifying those things off the field and, and you know, reaching out to, to other people and, and being a servant of God, if you will, um, it, it, you know, it's very fulfilling. That's why we do what we do. Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWanger Saints, joining us here on the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet. Coach, I wanted to ask you about your linebackers, guy like, guys like Rem Barger, guys like uh, Lucas Crone. These are the guys that have been able to make plays for you. They were key last year in the state run, but also being able to run those sidelines and make tackles and not lie, let guys turn the edge. I, I imagine it's going to be another uh, big, big responsibility for those guys to not allow guys like Tommy Burby of Valpo to get loose. But a little bit about that middle level of that defense for you that once again is very very strong yeah i mean uh, you know our scheme everything uh, you know it's it's built around that front seven and and in particular as far as making plays it's it's our four linebackers you know it's crony and and devin on the inside and, and then you know you bring up renbarger what a story there you know a starting corner after a half a season in junior varsity starts at corner in our state game Moves to outside linebacker. Ellinger goes down and he moves to Ellie's spot and, and, uh, he's a leader on our defense. He's playing physical. He's making plays. Uh, it, it's a tremendous story. And then, you know, a name that is, is new, uh, but not so new to us anymore is John Michael Fabini. Uh, he, he take, he took over Rennie's spot on the other side. And, you know, the first week he's in for us, he leads us in tackles, making plays. Um, so, 
Absolutely. I mean, that, that's the that's the key to our success. The front seven, in particular, our linebackers, to make plays, uh, to put pressure on, and uh, to play physical. And uh, absolutely, uh, those 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 four, those seven guys, um, they take us where we hope to go. All right, Coach, let's talk Valpo. They've won 22 of their last 23 games. They lost 14-10 to 10 last year in the semi-state to Carmel. Uh, a couple of their wins this year, a 20-point win over Penn. They knocked off one loss, Merrillville. Uh, they routed Bishawaka last week, a team that you beat last year to get to the state championship game. What have you seen out of Valpo that you guys are going to be ready for tomorrow night? Yeah, it's more of a what have you not seen. I mean, it's, it's everything. I mean, you guys, you guys know it's, it's, uh, it's no secret. I mean, it's size, it's speed, it's, it's, uh, great coaching, it's execution in, in all three facets. I mean, it's everything. And, uh, you know, when, when we, when we opened up the films and started looking at it, you know, what a, what a tremendous challenge. And, and for us, you know, we, we, uh, translate that to tremendous opportunity and, um, you know, for us, uh, it's focusing on ourselves, knowing that we, we've got one of the greatest challenges ahead of us that, that I can remember for sure. And uh, we're going to a place that we've never been. Uh, the greatest tradition we, we're going to pack on the bus is our, is our physical style of play and, and playing fast. And uh, we're going to let it all hang out and see what happens. Um, we, we take pride in relishing these challenges, you know, and uh, we're not going to worry about the scoreboard. Uh, we're going to worry about how we, uh, how we carry ourselves. You know, Fred Tone had a great tradition, you know, in terms of going to places we've never been. Uh, Andy Johns, those guys, is that, you know, first and foremost, you want to take the tradition of physical football, uh, fast football, and then have a ton of fun and let the scoreboard take care of itself. And that's what we plan to do tomorrow night against a, uh, as everybody knows, uh, an incredible, outstanding opponent. As much as we've talked about position players and skill guys over this last couple minutes, does tomorrow night really come down in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, there's there's no question, and uh, uh, unbelievably, <laughs> you know, they're they're a little bigger than us in the trenches, especially on the offensive side. And um, yeah, it, it's going to come down to to those wars uh, in the box. It's going to come down to you know the backers and the running backs, and it'll come down to that. And um, that's the way we like it. Um, you know, and uh, we look forward to the challenge. Our guys, uh, I believe, are, are peaking right now. We were playing with great confidence. Uh, we we respect them very, very highly. Uh, but as we left the locker room tonight, uh, we're not going up there with any fear. Um, we're embracing the challenge, and uh, win or lose, we're gonna we're gonna play Bishop Doinger football tomorrow night. Coach, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Don't worry about those Snickers tomorrow. you got more important things to worry about. And uh, hopefully we're talking to you about Lucas Oil Stadium trip next week. Yeah, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Thanks. That's Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWinger, Saints on with us, previewing his team's game tomorrow night at Valparaiso, 7.30 kickoff. There's no time change heading up there. I think Valparaiso stays in our time zone. I know you get up in the region around Crown Point area, and it switches over to Central. But Eastern time, Valparaiso is on Eastern time as we are 7.30 kickoff tomorrow night as uh, Bishop DeWinger looks to uh, try to find a way to knock off an undefeated Valparaiso team that when you break it down, uh, doesn't look 
Look, they're very, very good. But a lot of teams you look at and say, okay, they've rushed for 4,000 yards. That's why they're good. Or they threw in for 3,000 yards. That's where they're good. Or they've only given up six touchdowns all year. That's where they're good. Valparaiso is very, very fundamentally sound across the board. They can run the football. They can pass the football. They've allowed just six points combined in three postseason wins with Munster, Laporte, Mishawaka. The way they handled Mishawaka last week was very, very surprising, concerning maybe to a point for Bishop Dwenger. But you have Merrillville that's still alive in the Final Four in Class 6A that they knocked off by a point. That's an 11-1 and Merrillville team, and they, they handled Penn in Week 1. Penn was a little bit down this year in terms of, of Penn standards, but it's still knocking off the Kingsmen by 20 is very, very, very impressive. So a lot of responsibility for Bishop Dwenger, that team, a lot to recognize going into tomorrow night's game, a lot to uh, handle on the road. Uh, but we'll see if Bishop Dwenger, battle-tested, seasoned team, used to going and playing in big games. They got another one tomorrow night. Talk about Bishop Dwenger when we come back. I guess we'll bring Dan Vance on the show. Uh, he's going to join us here in just a few minutes. You are listening to the ESPN Coaches Show, presented by Crumback Chevrolet, on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumback Chevrolet. Every day, we fight to preserve magnificent places and wildlife. We are Earth Justice, a national legal nonprofit fighting for your right to a healthy environment. Every day, we fight to advance clean energy. We are Earth Justice, 135-plus lawyers representing clients free of charge. Every day, we fight to combat climate change. We are Earth Justice, and we're here because, now more than ever, the Earth needs a good lawyer. Earth Justice uses the power of law to ensure our planet and its inhabitants have a future. No one fights more cases on the environment than Earth Justice. And we win almost every time. Because when we win, the air and water are cleaner, food systems are safer, and public lands are preserved. And we win because these are fights we cannot lose. Want to join us in this fight? The time is now. Go to earthjustice.org today. That's earthjustice.org. Hi, Vicki. How's your knee doing? It feels better, doctor. Those painkillers worked great. I was hoping to get some more. We're being very careful with prescription painkillers. Let's continue with therapy and off-the-shelf anti-inflammatories for now. Prescription painkillers are America's newest epidemic, causing abuse and addiction for millions. The smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety. I expect it to be a lot easier. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I was an MP, military police. My friends thought I could do anything. I missed my unit, my family. Playing with my daughter, I, I felt like a stranger. I was overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep. I just wanted to be by myself. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. I was too proud. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, right? right? 
started to open up. And it made a huge difference. So I reached out and I saw that I wasn't alone. Because before I was able to take on my next mission, I had to take on just taking care of myself. To find purpose. purpose. Go to maketheconnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the military. Now back to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio, 13.8 at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the semi-state edition of the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet. I'm Justin Kenny here with D.C. Hendricks till 7 o'clock. We'll also be joined here in just a second by Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net, who will also be here till around 7 o'clock. But uh, I made a note before the uh, we, we took that break, we talked about that game time at Valparaiso. Valparaiso is, is indeed in the central time zone, but the game will still be 7.30 Eastern time. So 7.30 our time, 6.30 Valparaiso time, central time. So if you're heading up there, you will gain an hour, so to speak, but the game will be 7.30 our time, 6.30 up in Valpo. So if you're planning to head up there, plan accordingly as we have three teams left to play, uh, trying to get down to the state championship games that will be played next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Let's break it all down, folks, with our next guest. We usually kick the show off with him, but uh, we bumped him down to the bottom of the hour. He's Dan Vance. Dan, what's up? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, taking in some high school boys' basketball scrimmage tonight. Oh, man, you love basketball so much you're taking in basketball scrimmages. God love you. That's right. Well, we're going to talk about boys' basketball here in just a little bit after the break because the season gets started for reals next week, and we won't be here next Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. But let's talk first about these semi-state games, and let's start with 5A. Let's start with Bishop DeWanger. We just talked to uh, Coach Jason Garrett and the challenge that, uh, that, that Valparaiso presents to his football team. Undefeated, they've knocked off Penn, they've knocked off Merrillville, they've knocked off Mishawaka. This is a powerful Valparaiso team. What does Bishop DeWanger need to prepare? for? Well, they're really good up front defensively, and that's something that Dwinger's going to have to do, is be able to protect off the line. Uh, obviously, Dwinger is a run-oriented team. We saw that uh, even last week, even without the traditional guys running the ball, uh, and they really got to protect Brendan Lytle. For this team to be successful is the way they've been all year. Uh, they have to find a balance. They have to be able to pass the ball well. Lytle is throwing the ball well because he's a good quarterback, but they've also protected him very well. Uh, and Valparaiso is very, very good at getting to the quarterback and getting into the backfield and causing havoc. So this is going to start up front uh, on that offensive line for, for Dwinger. Traditionally good. They've been very good this year. It's definitely an extra added point of emphasis. Yeah, Dylan Dingman, a junior linebacker for Valparaiso. He has 11 sacks on the year to go with 46 tackles. Look for him in particular to try to put the pressure on Brendan Lytle. You mentioned the uh, the untraditional guys carrying the football or not carrying the football as much for Bishop Dwenger. And I told Jason Garrett, you know, that's the one of the most uh, the coolest thing, but also one of the most frustrating things with Bishop Dwenger is just when you feel like you have them figured out, they throw a guy onto the field that shines that uh, you've never even heard of. So when you see what they've done in the last couple weeks and what they need to do tomorrow does it start and end of the trenches or do you see some other keys in this one i really think it does i think that you at the end of the day you have to go with what makes dwinger football successful uh what made him successful last year to win a state championship in foray uh and what has really gotten them there this year like i said the passing game has improved 
Uh, defensively, they're solid, but to win this game, they're going to have to win the battle on the ground. Uh, and the diversity helps. I mean, it's hard for a team like Valparaiso, who maybe looked at film from earlier in the season. Obviously, these two teams don't overlook anyone, but you kind of had to look ahead a little bit. You kind of had to know this was a good chance this was the matchup. And so Valparaiso watches Devin Tittman and, and watches the run game and watches the game plan almost all year long. And then you throw a, a different running back out there last week, like you said, that's so successful. I'm going to butcher his name unless you know how to say it right. Uh, Toby Iki, I'm not really sure how you say his name. I'm not going to lie. But makes plays. And Valparaiso, how do you prepare for that? This is a kid who you haven't seen run the ball like that all year. Yeah, absolutely. A Toby E.K. is how I understand it. Okay. So you may be saying it in basketball because he's also a basketball player. So we'll see if he comes out uh, after football season, hopefully after next week and and not, uh, you know, after state, not semi-state. But, Dan, let's look at 4A. We talked to Luke Amstutz earlier. He said Hobart's bringing four buses for students. They have the entire communities coming down. Kendallville is obviously a madhouse. He said they had businesses in Kendallville. Kendallville buy 400 tickets that they're going to give away to the student body at East Noble. I mean, he was not joking when he said you may want to start lining up at 4 or 4.30 for a seat. What can we expect at Kendallville tomorrow night? And let's start with that crowd and the excitement that's building around this team, their first semi-state game since 2003. Oh, yeah, it's huge. And, and that crowd element is going to be huge on both sides. Uh, Kendallville's been crazy all year. I've been there several times. You've been there uh for the scrimmage, they were crazy when they scrimmaged Concordia at the beginning of the year. You and I were both there. Uh, it's going to be rowdy. It's going to be a great atmosphere. East Noble people and Kenneville people are really excited about this game. And, and the Knights have given everybody every reason to be uh, all year long. I, I think that that's going to be a, a great environment. And I think that that's got to help. You know, we talk about the travel and Dwinger have to make the travel and Adam Central have to make the travel. It's got to help to be home, but at the same time, there's a lot more pressure on you when you're when you're playing at home in a game this big. Bailey Parker, 4,000 total yards. He scored 55 touchdowns between run and pass. I mean, uh, to me, it looks easy to beat East Noble. you got to stop the quarterback, but nobody's been able to do it. I mean, wh- what's the secret with him? I, I don't know if there's a secret that anyone's going to have to be able to stop Bailey Parker uh, at any level. He's just so good at reading the field uh, and reading what he needs to do. Uh, he has that delayed pass, which was really successful for him last week. And that's the thing is you don't want to bite on a possible Bailey Parker run because he throws the ball so good, but then you also can't you know, bite on the throw. It's, it's very interesting to see what he can do, the dynamic that he brings because of how well he reads the field. And we talk about uh, IQ all the time on a football field, and we talk about uh, the field vision and the best quarterbacks being able to have it. Bailey Parker sees everything uh, and, and is able to break things down in a way that we haven't seen from quarterbacks in this area. As good of quarterbacks as we've had uh, in this area the last few years, has anyone been able to break things down uh, in the moment as well as Bailey Parker? All right, you threw me uh, Toby E.K.'s name, so I'm going to make you say the defensive lineman's name for East Noble. Uh, he's been tremendous all season long, and when you have to defend somebody like D.J. Lipke tomorrow, a senior for Hobart that's rushed for 1,500 yards, that defensive front is going to be huge, and his name is? Leif Al-Mohamed-Dawai. See? That's the best I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a big guy. He's a great kid, a very humble kid. I had a chance to talk to him uh, a couple weeks ago. 
after the Sunshine win. Uh, you know, he's a kid who has been a great leader for this team. He's a vocal leader. He's a physical leader. Uh, when you talk about kids on the line that just want to get down and dirty and get after it, uh, he's one of those guys. He's a great leader, but this is a great defensive core anyway. And we haven't seen teams do the rest of the that successfully in Peace Noble, except for Leo, uh, the second time around. And it's led by that entire core up front. He's going to be a big run stopper. That's going to be the game. You know, we, we saw it with, with Leo in the sectional championship, and that's going to be the game here if you got to be able to bottle Lipke up and not let him break off for big plays. I think that if you are Hobart and you go with that same mentality as Leo, where you want to keep the ball out of Easton Noble's offense's hand, that's great. But at the same time, you have to come away with scores. And Leo couldn't do that. East Noble's going to score very quickly, very efficiently. So you got to score on the ground. And that's really, I think, the best chance that Hobart's going to have is to run time off the clock, but you got to finish drives. All right, Dan, the 1A North Semi-State. It'll be at Lafayette Central Catholic. I believe it's an 8 o'clock kickoff, Adams Central and LCC. We sat here last week and kind of glossed over South Adams and Adams Central as feeling it was just going to be another role for the Starfires after beating Adams Central by 28. You were at that game. You were furiously texting me saying, you know, Adams Central is going to win this game. I, I didn't believe you, but as the game went on and on and on, South Adams couldn't make plays. But break that game down for us because you were there yeah i mean adam central the ability to adapt to what south adams was doing uh, and, and everyone knew that south adams's game was predicated on not just throwing the ball but the long ball you know they, they need to make big plays that's what got them to where they were at and got them through their undefeated season and got them a sectional title and adam central prepared for that they put pressure on james arnold better than anyone has done uh, their coverage across the middle of Nick Miller, I think, was just as critical because it really forced South Adams' hand. If Adam Central is going to be so strong up front that they can get into the backfield, that they can cover that quick slant to Nick Miller, you have to throw the ball. Uh, and I think that that's the same kind of mentality they have to have this week. Uh, you, you have the Barrett to Roach connection for Lafayette Central Catholic. That's what they do. Uh, and if they can do the same thing, get at the quarterback a little bit, and make him make plays, then they're going to have to. LCC is going to have to throw the ball along again, and we've seen what Adam Central can do there. I think that how successful they were last week is a great thing for them mentally because they're going to have to do a lot of the same thing this week. Blake Hirely, sophomore, rushed for 151 yards, all three Adam Central touchdowns last week on 33 carries. Do we see a lot of Blake Hirely coming up tomorrow in this matchup? I think so, and they have some other options on the ground. Alex Curry's done really well this year, did really good last week. But uh, in the trenches, you know, uh, Blake Hirely pushes through one of his touchdowns. I think it was the second one he scored. There's a three-yard line, and South Adams threw everything they had right at Hirely, and he just finds ways. He's so strong, but he also has such a, a smaller, slighter frame than a traditional power back that he's able to sneak through some really tight gaps. Uh, in a defense, and that's what makes him so strong and makes him the go-to guy for them. I think you're going to see a lot of Blake Hirely. Joe Collier, junior, defensive end, linebacker. He could be huge in this game as they try to slow down Lafayette Central Catholic. A little bit about his game. He was a standout last year, uh, but another standout underclassman for Adam Central. Yeah, Collier is a kid who has a lot of momentum. Uh, the way he hits, and it makes teams have to try to avoid him as best possible, but he's very quick. If you looked at him, you wouldn't necessarily think that he was the quickest guy, 
but he's got great lateral movement, moves around back there. Uh, it, whether he's at defensive end or whether he's at a linebacker position, he moves so well. Uh, and he's a great vocal leader. I mean, he is got, definitely going to be a guy that gets this team pumped up on defense uh, and carries some of that momentum. All right, Dan, we put you on the spot last week on how many teams we were going to be previewing this week. You said three. We all got the, the same who. Uh, how many? Let's just do this. How many teams are we prepping for to play Thanksgiving weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium? <laughs> it's, it's always tough when you put me on the spot because this is a situation where I think there are very uh, key elements where all three teams could win. I think there's very key elements where all three teams could lose. I'm going to go a little bit on limb. I'm going to say that all three of these teams are playing next week. Unreal. You just want us to be tortured next week and have to do so much work over Thanksgiving weekend, don't you? Oh, you know, what's a trip to Indianapolis or two? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dan, we're going to stay on the line. We're going to talk some basketball after the break. Does that sound good? Sounds perfect. All right, cool. More Dan Vance coming up after the break. You're listening to the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. On the field, your team wants to finish every drive with a score. With a new Chevy from Crumback Chevrolet, you'll prefer to keep driving. Maybe in the new and redesigned Silverado, the most dependable full-size pickup and best-in-class fuel economy. Or the Equinox, with modern design and technology, all packaged into a safe and versatile crossover. Looking for more family space? Then the mid-size Traverse will get you where you're going in style and comfort. And you can't lose with the Malibu or the all-new Blazer. Score today and find new roads this season with a visit to Crumbeck Chevrolet in New Haven. In the aftermath of tragic attacks such as the one at Santa Fe High School in Texas, there is often an increase in hoax threats to schools and other public places. Whether false threats are made on social media, verbally or otherwise, criminals could be locked behind prison doors for up to five years. FBI Deputy Director David Bowditch. The Bureau and its law enforcement partners take each threat seriously. We investigate and fully analyze each threat to determine its credibility. In addition to time behind bars and a fine, other consequences of this crime include emotional distress to students, school personnel, and parents. False threats also drain taxpayer money and divert valuable law enforcement resources away from other critical responsibilities. Making false threats is not a joke. Think before you post. Report threats and suspicious behavior to law enforcement and in emergencies, dial 911. With FBI This Week, I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on the baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchadimes.org slash tomorrow. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Your sports for Fort Wayne, Northern Indiana, Indy, and more. The Pat McAfee Show, weekdays starting at 2, right up to the sports rush at 4. Listen now on the new ESPN Fort Wayne app and on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. You're listening to the Crumback Chevrolet High School Coaches Show on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back for the final time here in the semi-state football edition of the ESPN Coaches Show. We've talked to Luke Amstutz. We've talked to Jason Garrett. We've talked all three local semi-states coming up on uh, Friday night. But also next week, not only do we have state as D.C.'s messing up with stuff, he's been having all sorts of trouble today, folks, hitting his knee, trouble at the door. It's It's been a struggle for D.C. He does need a day off tomorrow, folks, so he's going to see Third Eye Blind tomorrow. But as I was saying, just as we have football state finals and Thanksgiving tomorrow or next week, we also have the start of boys basketball regular season. And Dan Vance is back joining us right now. And I understand, as you said earlier, you're actually at a scrimmage right now up in Leo. Yeah, it took in uh, the first half of the uh, the Leo and Canterbury scrimmage. So uh, it's actually some pretty good basketball for a, a scrimmage the week before games get going. Leo obviously made a, a good run in football. A lot of football players out there, but uh, pretty pretty solid uh, basketball. Not real sloppy, surprisingly. When you look at the landscape of boys' high school basketball, we come off Blackhawk Christian winning its first ever state championship last year. What can we expect from the Braves? We'll start there. They have Caleb first. They have Zane Burke back. They have Marcus Davidson back. So where do we see Blackhawk Christian entering this season? I think they're going to slide in and be a a possible contender in two-way uh, if they can get through things locally and regionally in the postseason. But that's the good thing about Blackhawk Christian, and Mark Davidson talks about it all the time. They make their schedule so tough. I'm pretty sure they're playing nine SAC schools again this year, uh, and they make it so tough to get them ready. They don't have anything to win in the regular season. There's no title on the line for them. So they're always more prepared for the postseason because everything they do is to prepare them for February and March. Uh, I think they're going to be a team that's right there again, obviously, major play people to replace uh and, and frankie davidson obviously michael pulver abe hicks uh trinity clark there's so many pieces they have to replace such a big senior class for them last year but when you have a caleb first and you have zane burke and and two kids that were outside the huddle all area kids last year in our top 15 players it, it leads to good things and it, i think it's gonna be a strong season for them again yeah, you mentioned that schedule. They got basically kicked out of the North Davies tournament around Christmas because they kept yeah. winning it. So they're going to Noblesville instead. Um, they're playing, uh, that's right around Christmas. Uh, they're playing Silver Creek, I do believe, yeah. uh, earlier in the year, which uh, I think Trey Humphrey plays for them, a, a top recruit in Indiana. Uh, they play 9 out of 10 SAC schools. They're going to Chicago again to play a team out of, out of the Windy City on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So, yeah, pretty top-heavy for Blackhawk Christian once again maybe the team similar to last year where we had Blackhawk Christian and Homestead up there battling for one and two are the Spartans just as good as they were last season yeah they're just as good and, and they might be better in some ways obviously they have some pieces they had to replace too but Homestead very rarely has the talent back that they have back and having Luke Goody back uh, and having Zach Kruger and Indiana Junior All-Star back and having Al Grinsfelder back the big piece for me, uh, and we waited basically with bated breath until Tuesday of this week when the football players made uh, the trip to basketball practice, is they have Jake Archibald back for a hey, hey. year. And, and Jake missed last year, uh, and he kind of hem-hawed around it all season. I talked to him a lot during football season about it. Uh, he played with him over the summer, didn't know what he was going to do, uh, but he's with them, and Jake Archibald is a top-level defender dc and i talked about this on the sideline sports show a couple weeks ago from the first game of his freshman year uh guarding hunter hollowell at Huntington north who's now at st francis jake archibald gets the toughest matchup 
He is a lockdown defender on and off ball. And I think having Jake Archibald makes the homestead significantly better, and they were already really good. Yeah, he was a lockdown defender as a sophomore two years ago, took the junior season off, and now he's back as a senior. Dan, when you look at the SAC as a whole, we feel, okay, Homestead's going to be there. What about Snyder? I think Snyder's right there. I think what they have to figure out is what they're going to do with their depth. They have a lot of depth. Again, they lost some kids to transfers, but they have a lot of people back. Also, you're going to see Carson Jenkins, a sophomore, getting a little bit more of a role. Aiden Lambert, a sophomore, coming up to the varsity. Alonzo Derrick, a kid off the football field who played JV as a junior, uh, who can provide a lot defensively. Then their team's got 11 guys that can play, but you can't play 11 guys. And I think that Snyder learned that last year. You can't let guys work out their role in-game. Uh, and Coach Jeremy Rush has told me that. This is going to be a team that you want your spot. You have to earn it at practice. So finding out how to work that depth uh, is something that – they struggled with at times last year, and I think that's where we didn't see them live up to expectations that a lot of us had for them, that they had for themselves. So that they got the pieces there. They're just going to have to figure out the roles, and people are going to have to settle into roles and get comfortable in roles, and, and that's going to be the key for them. If Homestead and Snyder atop the SAC, I mean, who are the other contenders? Is Carroll thrown in there? I think Southside brings some guys back. Uh, who do you see as contending in this conference? I think Carroll would be your other contender just because we know what Carroll does, and, and they reload, and they're good every year. They have to find somebody who's going to score. Uh, Ray Bulmer is their best player back, but he has not been a scorer, so he's going to have to score more. Uh, Ryan Preston, Jalen Jackson are really good perimeter players. They're going to have to step in and score a lot of points. Sam Stryker is another kid, a junior, who is very capable uh, on the interior. So I think Carroll's right there. It's interesting. I think we have a lot of parity in the SAC on three different levels where you look at Homestead, Snyder, Carroll at the top, then maybe Southside, Northrop. You could put Lures right in there. I think they're going to have a good year. Maybe a Concordia in the middle. And then you have some rebuilding down towards the bottom. Dwinger is going to have to rebuild a lot, replace a lot. Northside still trying to find an identity. Uh, And Wayne, I think, could be decent. But, you know, first-year head coach, they're going to have to find some identity too. East Noble and Huntington North were the class of the Northeast State last year. Of course, the Knights won it with a 7-0 conference record, went 21-4 and overall. How do you see the Northeast State shaking out? Well, I think that, uh, that New Haven is going to be a team at the top. I think your top three teams uh, are going to be New Haven, Norwell, and Leo. Uh, that would be the order I would predict them to finish as of right now. But I think you kind of have a little bit of a crapshoot up there. I think New Haven has the athletes to do it, but we got to see them get it done. I think they had the athletes last year. Uh, to contend at the top and didn't. Uh, Leo looks good. You know, obviously they have a lot back. They only have one senior on this team, and almost everybody back from last year, Blake Davison, Eric Steger, DJ Allen, Aiden Rubel, uh, Landon Livingston is the one that caught my eye just a minute ago, just watching him inside, uh, playing very strong uh, inside for them and very long. So I think that they're going to be a, a team that's interesting to watch. And Norrell has Will Geiger back, and, you know, you know it's no secret to you Will Geiger is one of my favorite players to watch in this area because of how hard he works and his blue-collar work ethic and and what he brings to the floor is kind of an old-school throwback player. So I think those three teams are really going to contend at the top, but then, like the SAC, I think behind that, I think everybody could make a little bit of a wave. Uh, Columbia City has players. Mitchell Wilson is arguably one of the best players in the conference, uh, and there's a lot of teams that can make waves. So I don't think there's a single night you can take off in the Northeast State. Dan, we have a couple minutes left. We want to touch on the ACAC. You mentioned a crapshoot in the NE8, but what do we see uh, in the ACAC? Is Jay County the team to beat like they were a year ago? Not 
not really. They have lost a lot, and they've got some pieces, but I really think they're down. To me, the ACAC seems like the least wide open, uh, if everything falls into place the way it is, but there's a reason you play the games. Woodland should be at the top of the heap, uh, and I don't think there's any question of that. I think that they're far and away the best team with the best depth, uh, but you have to put it together. And there were times last year they struggled to put it together. If they can find the cohesion and work the way they need to, it starts with sophomore Joe Reedy, but then that senior class, these are guys that all played as sophomores and all got this experience as sophomores on the varsity level with a Woodland team that was very good. So you're talking Ben Reedy, uh, Mitch Mendenhall, Trevor Wiedenhoff, Aiden Bayman. These guys are now in their third year of varsity basketball. If they can put it all together, uh, Woodland should be the class in the field in the ACAC, and, and I honestly don't think it would be close if they can play the way they're supposed to. Westview went a dominant 11-0 and to win the Northeast Corner Conference last season. Do we expect the same out of the Warriors? Uh, I think that it's going to be the craziest conference this year. I think that you talk about a lot of teams that could win in the Northeast State. I think you're looking at six teams that could contend for a title in the NECC. Uh, Westview's going to be good. Charlie Yoder is one of the best seniors in the state of Indiana. was on the Indiana All-Star uh, juniors team last year, the core team. Sheriff Busco has a lot of pieces. When Landon Jordan gets eligible early in December, he's going to be a matchup problem. Prairie Heights comes back with another matchup problem in Elijah Malone. Uh, Angola has Dyer Ball and Joel Knox, so they're going to be tough. Central Noble with Connor Asijian, uh, probably the best sophomore anywhere in the area. It's going to be a really interesting year in the NECC. I probably will watch more NECC basketball this year uh, than I ever have before. Uh, it's going to be Probably the most fun conference. If I had to pick one right now that I want to watch the most, that's probably the conference. No one knows Northeast Indiana basketball quite like Dan Vance. He named about 40 kids right there that uh, who knows if they're real or not. But Dan, They're, they're all real. <laughs> Dan, thanks a lot, man. Enjoy the uh, rest of that scrimmage, and we'll catch up to you, I don't know, in a couple weeks, and we'll see how many teams we're covering next, uh, next Thanksgiving weekend down in Indy. Sounds great. Appreciate it, guys. That's Dan Vance of OutsideTheHuddle.net joining us, uh, breaking down semi-states, breaking down the start of boys' basketball season that will come next week. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Uh, good luck to all three of our local teams tomorrow night, Adams Central, Bishop DeWanger, and uh, East Noble as well. We're going to take a break next week. We'll be back the week after. Hopefully we're talking about some state champions. For D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. This has been the ESPN Coaches Show presented by Crumback Chevrolet on ESPN Radio 1380 and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.